episode of the Nintendo RTM Podcast. I am Triforce Todd. Join me today is Wario Will. Yeah, I, I, it was just so uh, interesting enough that we had to line up in the 21st of September. So, yeah, yeah, I just had to do it. I had to take it. <laughs> and for those of you who have never heard the beautiful tunes of Earth, Wind, and Fire, you are all heathens, and I disown you. All right? <laughs> this is a classic song. Learn it. Love it. Live it. For the next nine days, because then <laughs> for funny enough as well, like the YouTube comments, like, "Oh, we back, we back." Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, also here, Skull Kid Scott. Yeah, there's so much gaming news outside Nintendo this week. True, true. It's true. It's true. But we will only focus on the main Nintendo. Okay, we're gonna talk about a little bit about Xbox and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, and of course, also here is Falcon Five. Hi, I'm just living in Pokemon DLC land, and I'm very happy. Yeah. Yeah. So actually, that is exactly what we're going to talk about right now with a nice big edition of What Have You Been Playing? <laughs> and me and Faith will start because we both have been playing the Teal Mask DLC for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. And uh, Faith will just go in tandem here to cover all our bases. I'll start with you first. What have you thought about your uh, visit to, to Kitakami? Would it be weird to say it's been emotional? No. Because, like, you know, when I first started it, I'm like, this is so cute. I'm going to go get a candy apple. Oh, look at the orchards. Oh, look at this. Oh, I got a cute outfit. And then all of a sudden, they just whip out this heartbreaking story. And I'm just sitting here. I'm like, what? At least I thought it was emotional. And, yeah, I do not like the the girl, whatever her name is. What is it, like, Caroline? Yeah, something. I was yeah. about to call her Caroline. Um, but yeah, I don't like her. She's abusive. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I, I I agree that Carmine does make a rough first impression, but by the end, I think you'll like her. I don't know how far into the main story you are. but uh, I have no idea. Yeah. I'm just trying to finish it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'll, you'll know when you finish it because you know, you'll, you'll catch certain Pokemon in this. But uh, ironically, by the end of it, I really liked Carmine, and I did not like Kieran. Her brother, which is definitely not the feeling I had going into this game. So, yeah, that was. Uh, but yeah, the, the story was indeed emotional with Ogre Pond and the Loyal Three. We will we will not spoil this uh, because it's only been a week since the DLC came out, and uh, the guy uh, Will and Scott haven't played, so we don't want to spoil anything too much. But there are there are twists. There are turns. Then Mewtwo shows up. No, I'm just joking. Uh, I mean, technically, Mewtwo is in the game, but like, not specifically to Kitakami. Uh, but yeah, I do. I definitely like the new land that we're in. It definitely has a different feel to Paldea uh, in the open world sense. Even though it does feel at times, and I know this is by design, but like smaller. Like if you, when you look at the map, you think, "Oh, this yeah. is huge," and then it's like not. Yeah, I've noticed that because whenever I'm like going somewhere to do something or like doing the little quest, um, I'm like, this map is so small and this is so tiny. And then you like go back to the regular map and I'm like, this is massive. (laughs) 
Yeah, and it, don't get me wrong. Like they fill it up pretty well. Like like Faith said, we had there's like there's apple orchards, there's some lakes. They got a nice big mountain for you to climb with multiple levels. There's even like hidden caves and everything. Uh, there's plenty to do, but you will after exploring Paldea and how massive that region is. And, which, and then you have like the underground area too. Don't forget that. I don't know if you've been in that. The underground area. Yeah, there's like a whole underground area. You go in one of the caves and you like go into this underground space, and it's like pretty big. Oh yeah, there was that when you were following one of the loyal three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that one I've been to. That, that was actually one of the caves I was referring to. But yeah, there there's a lot of hidden stuff for you to go and find. Should you uh uh you know give it a chance, but it's definitely not as big as Paldea. Nor will uh, the second DLC in Blueberry Academy be that with their terrarium. Uh, with one R, apparently. I don't know why they did that. They called it the terrarium, but you actually spell terrarium with two R's. So do they uh, do they hate R's? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been enjoying my time in Kisukami. Uh, it's a it's I don't want to say simple, but it's a much more basic story and uh, campaign than what we got in Paldea, probably by design. You could easily beat the campaign in being generous here about five hours, six if you. Uh, just do a lot more exploring, which is totally your option. And there's a lot of you know side stuff to do, including just catching Pokemon. That was what I was having most fun doing. You know, the story was just okay at first until we really got to the end. But I was just having fun, like, oh, there's a Pokemon. Oh, I don't have that Pokemon. Oh, I don't have that Pokemon. Mm -hmm. uh, it's so easy to get distracted when you're doing stuff and be like, oh, look. <laughs> yeah, and remember, uh, for those who haven't checked out my Pokemon Scarlet and Violet review. That was one of the best things I said about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet was that when you're just exploring Paldea, you just get lost in the best way. It's like, oh, here's a new region. Oh, where's all the Pokemon I haven't seen yet? And it's so easy to get lost in there. And it's beautiful. It's just that the bugs and such like deprived it of that natural, <laughs> I don't want to say perfection, but close to it, the quality. There we go. The natural quality that we expect these games it would have easily been the best pokemon game ever had it not been riddled with bugs and sadly ladies and gentlemen the dlc ain't much better <laughs> ah! riddled with bugs <laughs> yeah i have screenshots and video <clears throat> to prove it um case in point it i won't it's not a spoiler but you will have to battle the loyal three at one point in the game okay so they're spread out all over paldea okay you can see them as you get close to them. Okay. One of them, it's uh, Okie Dokie. Really? Okie Dokie? Really? That's that's the best name you can come up with. Anyway. <laughs> um, what's, what's next? Peekaboo? Um, but no, you... you oh, oh, sorry. It's Okie Dokie, which is still stupid. But uh, the dog one with the chain, I was about, I don't know, 100 feet away from it. And instead of a full-blown animation, I want you to imagine the the 3D model of the Pokemon, and imagine it not moving in any meaningful way, but instead as if it's on like a rotating ball that someone's just twisting and it's just going from side to side, like like you're holding a like a figurine and you're just moving it with your hand. That's what it was doing. I have a video to prove it, and it's just. It's the, the model is not moving like its arms or its legs or anything. It's just being rotated to show that it's like alive or something. I'm like, it's weird. It is weird. I have a video. I'll show you guys later once I upload it. Um, there's another one where I was going to the festival area of Kitakawi, and uh, there was a person walking down the stairs. I'm like, okay, that's cool. 
they were next to a Pokemon. Okay, fine. Then when they went down the stairs, the Pokemon like sped up and started like merging with the person. <laughs> and so they're like walking in one another as they're going down the stairs. Like, really? <laughs> you couldn't? No one could see that. And it's, it, this is one of those characters that's like on a loop. So like no one caught that, really. And of course, there's. Uh, I had numerous cases of pop-ins and outs with characters, Pokemon, and shadows. Oh my gosh, I don't know what this game has against shadows, but during <laughs> cut during cutscene events, which should be like the the most perfect things ever, like shadows were just popping in and out for no reason, and it was like it's so distracting. I, I I didn't expect it to be perfect, but I expected it to be better than this, guys. Like you knew, you knew we'd be looking for this after what happened with the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet launch. You knew Pokemon Company that we'd be looking for such bugs, and you did not try to fix them. And not only that, but the Pokemon Company's already admitted that they're going to have another update coming out early in March to fix certain problems that are within the game. Oh, you're going to be having a lot more updates to fix those problems. <laughs> Dang, in March. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This, this game will never be fixed. Like, e even before I uh, got into the DLC, like, just going through regular Paldea, because uh, you have to go through Paldea for a little bit before you go to Kitakami. And I was seeing, like, the same some of the same bugs that I, I saw in the main game. So this was numerous updates later, almost a year after launch. They still haven't fixed it. Like, my gosh. And then my personal favorite, everyone, my personal favorite bug, the camera during battle clipping the underworld and you see <laughs> like the the non-existent space of the pokemon world the place you should never ever ever be and yet the camera multiple times for me clipped in there and i have screenshots in other words i just love that there was this one time i was in battle and all of a sudden my avatar goes from just standing there normally to all of a sudden she's floating and i'm like oh that's <laughs> kind of cool <laughs> we have these magical powers to show that we're winning all of a sudden we're floating now <laughs> the power of Pokey Mastery. Yes. <laughs> or, I think I'll try at defying <laughs> gravity. <laughs> and if, if you don't know that reference, you're pretty wicked. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but look, bugs aside, I've really been enjoying this. I just got done with the main story today. Again, I won't spoil anything. Uh, I will say that, again, I can't spoil too much, but... The, the remember this is a one part of a two-part dlc and they do end things on a cliffhanger not the biggest cliffhanger but it's one that will flow into uh the indigo disc which will come out later this winter if i'm just gonna be, be a betting man i'll say december and uh i'm not really sure i want to know <laughs> how this cliffhanger ends because it's like oh that got dark <laughs> And usually we'll be like, oh, yeah, I want to see where this is going. No, I have lost all caring for what happened because I don't like what they did. But that's, mm. just, that's just, I know, right? And I, that's disappointing because they yeah. had some really cool stuff here. Like, Faith wasn't lying when that, and that there is a very emotional story here. I do think that they kind of tie up things a little too neatly at points, but that's just me. Uh, I will say, Ogre Pond uh, is a really unique Pokemon. Like, more unique than you realize. And when you... Yeah, because like you have like I don't really know if this is spoilery, but like you have the different the different mask that you get in part two. I think that is what I'm looking forward to. No, part one, you get them all in part. You one. get it in part one. Yeah. 
Somebody at work told me it was part two that you get those. I was lied to. Yeah, now now, now I know how far you aren't. <laughs> wow. I'm just, that, was an honest, that was an honest statement. I wasn't no, because I'm like getting to the part where I'm like supposed to go and find him or whatever. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm you, at that part. You. This is a small spoiler. I'll, I'll, I'm comfortable giving this one. You will fight Ogre Pond later on. And when yeah. you do, you will have to fight Ogre Pond with the masks. All the masks. Wait. Oh, it's a, it's easily one of the most unique Pokemon battles you will ever have. So I that's have, pretty cool. It is. It was cool. It was also very frustrating because it has this move <laughs> that is really devastating if you're not careful with your typing. So you better have some max, max revives, Faith. I'm just warning. Now, you. now here's the thing. This this is just something out of pure curiosity that would be cool if the Pokemon Company actually did this. Does each mask represent a different type? So whatever mask it's wearing changes its type. Yes. That's cool. Okay. That is cool. And that, that that's is what, cool. That, that is what makes the battle so frustrating at times. Because yeah. Because it keeps switching its type, and you have to counter that or else get wrecked. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's cool. You've been warned. Okay. <laughs> Don't say I didn't do anything for you. I'm going to uh, binge it tonight. Just wait till I get up, get up in the morning and message you, I got him! Yeah. <laughs> and when you lose, I, I understand if you'll want to mask your shame. Oh! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised Will hasn't groaned at my puns. Is he just not paying attention? I'm just nothing. He's, I'm just he's smiling going through ways, Pokemon Scarlet right now. No. <laughs> no, it's smile and nod. Uh, it's smile and nod, and maybe they'll go away. Yeah. <laughs> I will never go away, Will. I am the host. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, uh, so we, me and Faith will definitely talk more about uh, Teal Mask next week. Uh, I'm going to see what else I can do. I know there is stuff. That, that was actually one of the complaints I wanted to levy is that when you get done with the main storyline, there is a even a to be continued screen, uh, which was very interesting to see. But they, after you're done, done, they just leave you there. You're just there, and it's just like, oh, what do I do now? And they're like, you can do whatever you want. I'm like, but that's not the point. Like, give me some a little bit of guidance here. I know there's more going on here. Uh, I also haven't caught enough Pokemon to activate the parent storyline, apparently. Like, she asked for a lot, alright? <laughs> like, you, you want to, oh, hey, I want to hang out with your parent. Good. Go catch 150 Pokemon. Like, what? Like, I just got here. <laughs> do, you, do you realize that's a whole region's worth of Pokemon? I would know. I've been here since Gen 1. So, she may be cool, but she is needy. Not that I've had to deal with that kind of woman in my life, right, Faith? <laughs> I, I am just not going to comment on that sure Jan alright <laughs> right, I honestly haven't played anything outside of Pokemon because of the, I was at a Comic Con last week and I know some of you are like oh Todd but aren't you excited to get back in Starfield uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will but like I said before I was not really drawn into it when I left and I keep seeing people I, keep, I legit keep seeing people saying oh this is the game of a generation oh this is like the one of the best games i've ever played and i'm like you need to get play out more, more games, yeah, play more games. <laughs> i'm sorry this is better than mass effect no is this better than persona 5 no is this better than any fire emblem game that has ike in it no uh, <laughs> glad to clarify that <laughs> standards <laughs> well there there are some i, I mean, there are some fire emblem games i'm mean, like okay these dudes weren't bad you know these could have been better you know, that's just how gaming series are. But, like, I look at... I, I know I gotta dive more into Starfield, and I will. But it hasn't hooked me yet. And I'm, like, six hours in. I, I should be hooked by now. Like, we'll see. Uh, Faith, I know you've been playing some other stuff, so why don't you wrap it up? 
Uh, I'm trying to think outside of Pokemon. I've really only been playing. Well, okay, the other day I did play Mario Golf, but I really don't have anything to say there. I still suck at it. Um, and then I've been playing Disney Dreamlight Valley because I'm still going through all of the Beauty and the Beast um, quest because they just added them into the game. And then they're also taking all of my money because they keep adding Nightmare Before Christmas items in the premium shop. So, yeah. That's how they get yeah. They really do, but it's so worth it though. No. I got it, zero last it? week. I got zero last week. Do you know how cute zero is? I mean, yes, zero. I'll show you do anything for that ghost dog, of course, but yeah. <laughs> so I had to do that. And I wanted to buy they're adding Sally's dress at one point, but then you have me. I just went through there and used little creative tools and I just made Sally's dress. So Clever. that's a tip for anybody. If y'all want Sally's dress, go through there and make it. All you gotta do is do some different color squares and add some like stitch marks on there and bam there you go nice i like it so yeah that's really all i've been playing no i keep bouncing back and forth between that and pokemon nothing wrong with that play what you can when you can all right uh scott how about you why don't you go next what have you been playing <clears throat> i guess i'll just start this since we already discussed a little bit but i have been uh going through starfield mm -mm -mm. Um, I'm still not impressed with it either. So Dang, I'm so glad I'm not alone. <laughs> like, like, look, legit here. I sometimes have opinions that absolutely go against the grain of the most fan bases. Like, I did not like Andor, and apparently I'm the heathen now. I'm like, I have reasons. <laughs> I have reasons. And like Starfield, again, six hours in, I'm not hooked. And I, I was definitely hooked by Mass Effect and other spacefaring games at this point. Heck, I was hooked on Mass Fallout Three and. Uh, I'm sure if I got into Skyrim, I'd be hooked within the first six hours. Like this. I mean, hooking. if you're not hooked by the first hour of Skyrim, you're probably going to be dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. So, I'm anyway, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Scott. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not that far in it either. Um, I've played up till you actually join one of the factions, I guess. We have to go find some of the, like, special artifacts. Um, I'm... So I'm not very impressed with it. Like, I mean, I'm more impressed with it than I thought I would be in the sense that it does have better combat than the Fallout games as far as the actual gunplays involved, but it doesn't have, like, vats, which does kind of set it apart. Yeah, I was fine with the combat. Honestly, that was... I, I just like that I can point and shoot and things, go, <laughs> things get dead. Like, that, it's not that hard. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't... It wasn't as bad, like fall, like if you play the Fallout games, um, you've noticed that the gunplay is very slow, and that's kind of why they kind of or like try to get you to play the like through the vats type of gun so that you actually can do like more methodical shooting. But I do appreciate that Starfield has a much faster pace shooting, especially because there's a lot more things you have to shoot at trying to get you, especially when you find pirate outposts because those things can come really quick um otherwise though the, the story itself is more mystery and i guess exploration which is fine but at the same time it's making it's not really incentivizing like i don't really care about these artifacts i don't really care about any of these factions i also don't care about any of the crew members that i have now <laughs> so, mm. there you go <laughs> though i do find it i did find it hilarious because i chose i chose the like uh folk hero one where you have like a person fought like randomly show up and ask to join your crew yeah, hero and worshiper. It, yeah, hero worshiper. And so I decided to take him on board because I thought it was hilarious. And some of the lines he says is absolutely hilarious. So I decided to keep him on the crew just for comedy's sake because he does absolutely nothing good. But 
he is very he has really good lines so <clears throat> that's probably why he might be one of my favorite characters right now is just because his lines are just hilarious but yeah he, he has no other like actual things to care about though he doesn't have like good skills or anything but you can get apparently multiple ships and multiple crew for your ships and i pulled up some random person from the side that i went like went when i went to one of the like I think it was like a restaurant or something. There's like a lot of food places. And I just talked to someone and had them and had them join my crew by just trying to persuade them. And I have enough charisma that they were fine with joining my crew. <laughs> but I didn't have really a place to put them. So I just put them like next to next to one of the other one of my, my only ship that I have right now. But it's just I don't know. It's not, it's not as good as I was hoping that it would be based on the hype that it gathered. And I think that might have been the problem of Starfield. Yeah. is it had way too much expectations and it set way too high a bar for how well this game is going to be. And I knew that I probably shouldn't have set my expectations so high because Bethesda isn't always known for their grandiose adventures in terms of their main stories or their exploration in the sense of that aspect. Usually when you play their like Bethesda games, it's for their exploration outside the main quests. And when you explore outside main areas and when you explore just the random things that they put in the game that you weren't expecting. Yeah. <clears throat> because even though like Skyrim is like people's bar for like the best Bethesda game, the main story was garbage. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. You have to destroy a dragon that's going to it's going to devour multiple infinities, which means that you by default are as powerful as multiple infinities as proven in death battle when you beat the chosen undead. And... <laughs> That's all good and fine, but that doesn't make it an impelling narrative. Sure, you're the dragonborn, and sure, do you need, like, the seekers to do stuff, but trying to get from point A to point B to help, like, dragon kind that eventually you just kill all dragons anyway. It's It was okay, but most of my time that I enjoyed in Skyrim was doing, like, the side missions and the different guilds and factions you had. That was also kind of the same with Oblivion. But Oblivion, I think, also had a more compelling narrative to me than Skyrim did. But that's just because I really enjoyed the aspect of the Oblivion Gates and trying to learn more about the Oblivion and all of the Daedric enemies, because I thought that was just a cool concept to have. So the fact that they play that as part of the main story, I thought was a really well-done idea. Yeah. Yeah. Morrowind gets a lot of praise, but I also think the main story was crap in that. <laughs> so I'm in, the, I'm in like the minority of that. I don't think Marin had a good narrative. I All think right. it was very bare bones, but it had a lot of good concepts and a lot of good moments that people just put it higher up than it should be. It happens. See, I think, <clears throat> and I won't dwell on this too long because I want to get it to Will, but yeah. when, I, when I think about Starfield, especially how it starts out, it definitely plays a lot like Mass Effect. Because yeah. think about it, you are a you know somewhat random person and you touch an artifact that gives you a vision and that sets you off on a quest, joining the special group, and potentially picking up a lot of crew members. The difference is that the vision from Mass Effect is actually mysterious versus the Starfield one, which is just, ooh, look, stars. Yeah, there really wasn't a reason for me to care about the, yeah. here's the planets, here's the stars, and here's this light. What does that mean? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then like, like this, man, this dude randomly comes out of the sky. Oh, you saw it too. Hey, you need to come join Constellation, this group that no one likes to really talk about. Like, why should I do that then? <laughs> Like why? And then, and then with your crew members, like I don't even know why I need a crew. Like they said, like, oh, I can help you with your ship. Help how? <laughs> and I have to pay them. 
Like, I'm sorry, I have a Turian, a Krogan, a Corian, a Geth, and, you know, a racist human on my ship, and they're doing it for free for, you know, great reasons. <laughs> we all have our motivations. We're yeah. the One Piece pirate crew. Yes. <laughs> the One Piece is real. <laughs> uh, I was waiting for Fifth Gear Luffy to show up in Starfield. There's a mod for that. Oh, absolutely. There's going to be one. <laughs> All right. I want my ship to be Thomas the Tank Engine. Yay! <laughs> okay. Other than on Starfield, I've been playing through uh, Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis because I've been trying to get through all the stuff there as well as get all the the limited banners because I want to get the Tifa outfit and <laughs> trying to work for the Aerith outfit. <laughs> A Tifa outfit? How, how kosher? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the, the Cloud outfit is one of the easiest ones to get. Um, that was always their first banner in the beta, too. So that one I expected. Mm. The Tifa one was new, and I was kind of happy. But the problem with the Tifa outfit is it does make her a tanky healer ah. instead of a damage dealer. So I guess that's fine, though, because the way that I have it uh, planned my teams out is I have Zach as the tank and Cloud as the damage dealer and then Tifa as the healer. That's my main team right now for Ever Crisis. I just kind of find it funny, like, even some articles put it out, like, that's supposed to be Lifeguard Tifa? What? <laughs> it's not a really good out, uh, Lifeguard outfit, to be honest. It's more just a beach outfit. <laughs> <laughs> they just wanted to give her Lifeguard gloves and decided, oh, wait, we probably have an outfit for summer with these gloves. And then didn't do a Lifeguard outfit. <laughs> but they had to call it a Lifeguard outfit to make it make sense with the gloves. Uh, so I, I'm just like, yeah, hey, I could just totally see them doing like, hey, how can we, you know, uh, what's the word, uh, objectify Tifa anymore? Hey, let's put her in a lifeguard outfit. <laughs> sure. Ironically, she might have more clothing on, on or, uh, as in her lifeguard outfit than she does in her normal outfit. In the base game, yes. <laughs> hilarious in every way imaginable. But that's yes. a story for another time. <laughs> And so now I'm working on getting the Aerith outfit mm -hmm. just because I actually need outfits and stuff for Aerith because I have like nothing for her. And I feel bad for that, but I also like don't care about some characters like the, the first soldier characters. I still have like level 20 where ah. like everyone else is level 40 because I actually care about leveling them up. <laughs> so, but it also makes it hard because you have to you still have to go through and do a bunch of story segments of each chapter instead of letting that letting you choose which one you want to do. So I'm still kind of stuck on the story because I have to actually level up the three people for the first soldier story, but I don't care enough to actually do that story. So I've just been doing a lot of just enhancing the characters that I like, like Zach, Cloud, Tifa, Aerith, and Barrett. <laughs> wait, wait, you like Zach? I love Zach. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I would say you like Aerith, but that's just a stab, you know, stab in the dark. I mean, if you don't like Aerith, it's probably because you only play, you didn't play through the last two discs, a long disc one or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Aerith was good. I just, her her voice actress always felt off to me. I don't know why. Made her, mm. made her, sound, made her sound younger than I felt she was, but Tifa was great. I loved how they handled Tifa in Rebirth. Or, sorry, in remake hopefully they handle her good in rebirth too well, <laughs> one can pray <laughs> one can pray all right will how about you what have you been playing so yeah for me i actually have scratched another game off the list and i actually have finally completed a tears of the kingdom yes at all this time and um again like it, well i gotta stop saying again again but i, I digress <laughs> but um yeah, for though I'm I'm finally part of the club. I actually seen the ending, seen the credits, and uh, yeah, um, 
I feel it's definitely better than Breath of the Wild. No doubt about that. It's just because it's been so much fleshed out, especially once you get that um, the completions of getting all the memories mm -hmm. and seeing the aftermath of it all. I feel it was definitely much more fleshed out. Though I can't help but also feel like maybe there was, should be a bit, a bit more. Like it was, it wrapped up nicely, but I can't help. Maybe just be greedy. I just kind of wish there was a little bit more of what happens afterwards. I don't know a bit more of an yeah. uplock, but then again, it, it was fine as it is. Yeah. So I, I can see why you say that, especially now that we know that there won't be DLC or uh, another game in this version of Hyrule, and there are some questions about you know, like the impact of what Ganon did, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, with, mm -hmm. like you know the Sky Islands and the Underground and Zelda herself. You know, she's okay, but. Is she okay? <laughs> right, right, right. After like all those years, again, uh, after what happens to her, uh, if you know, you know. You know, you know. And Faith, just... Faith doesn't know. I don't know that. <laughs> I don't. She I don't. She does not. Yes, but and just like see, seeing everything that happened is just like okay, like yeah. And as I said, the, the, now there's gonna be no DLC, and uh, Ag Onuma is more or less developing the the ideas for the next game, so. Okay, we move on, though. I will miss this Hyrule as it is, because, again, we have spent two games. And um, <laughs> personally, for me, I have uh, ended on my first run with a 70% completion. So I actually did all the shrine quests, all the side quests. So it's basically the monster hunting, the 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 Korok seeds. Those pretty much are the only things I'm only missing right now, which yeah. I don't think I'm going to be doing anytime soon yeah. so i yeah. i don't think anyone wants to do the korok seeds after what happened to threat of the wild to be honest yeah. <laughs> yes and like even when you like uh, minor spoilers but once you get all the light roots like you do get something it's basically a badge of honor that's it same thing with, like the whole monster hunting and all that i mean the I haven't heard anything. I mean, with the shrine quest the experience. <laughs> i mean yes yeah, the journey yes but it's like, still feel nice if i got something for it though yeah but like kind of there's something like with the shrine quest like if you do all the shrine because you actually get a legit something good a good armor set like that and it fully upgraded is even better than base armor like that that thing i would have liked like you get something tangible instead of a badge of honor which <laughs> yeah definitely not the completionist kind of game to say the least but if you want to get that bragging rights to get that 100 by all means more power to you but yeah um Done with Teachers of the Kingdom, so yeah, moving on to next. And I'm currently right now just grinding away in um, Splatoon 3, uh, right now, like kind of like level 70, so almost up there, as well as like continuing on with other games like with um, Fall Guys, which we are approaching the end of this uh, quote unquote fame pass season, so you have about like two more weeks left, so they, which they also added a double uh, fame boost. So, in case you want to quickly grind on that up uh, Final Fantasy fame pass, if at least, which <laughs> funny enough, the, the last. Well, last major reward for that fame pass is the uh black fat fat chocobo. Yeah, mm. that's how that yeah, I said that right. Black. A uh, black fat chocobo. Okay, so, no, hold on, no, hold on. <laughs> is that fat with an F or fat with a PH? Inquiring minds <laughs> need to know. <laughs> Just like if it's thick with one, two, or three C's, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and uh, overall of that it's just, uh, same thing as more or less has been a, a general light week of any of that because they want the gotchas uh final heroes is like we i know we just recently got a new band with uh uh, uh rearmed uh, 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 uh tiandra yeah tiandra yeah, yeah, which yeah yeah okay, fine 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 but i know we're getting ready for the next legendary banner so yeah final is more or less on the quiet side to say at least but again though we hit it the 
yeah, they have reached that milestone of 1,000 heroes, which is, yeah, you also get a free hero if you log in, so by all yeah. means, definitely. That, I was stunned by that, because when you consider that they technically only do four heroes a banner, more, more times than not, and then sometimes they do, like, that one a new hero with the like the legendary banner and then like all the all the repeats and you're like oh they must be you know to a certain level and then you remember okay well that's over what we have five years now so they have mm. five, five years multiple banners and they sometimes do two in a month so that adds up pretty quickly and now we're at a thousand heroes and i'm at not even 650 so there's a lot Jeez. i still don't have <laughs> I mean, yeah, like unless you're like going for full keeps and getting like gotta catch them all with our own heroes, like yeah, good luck. It's a gotcha game. You do not do gotta catch them all. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, overall those are more or less the games I've been getting ready because like the next few months, especially the next year. Oh boy, I am so sad for my wallet. There's just too many games, but we'll talk about that in the new section, I believe. Yeah, so that's. I, I can't believe a thousand heroes. That is, that is incredible. That even is though, a lot. Like, even though like a hundred of them are like, you know, Tharja, Camilla. <laughs> I mean, we have Rob, Robin, Robin. Emblem, Tharja Emblem. I mean, it is the, uh, yeah, Fia, is it? Yeah, Prom Emblem. Prom Emblem. <laughs> yeah, we need, we need more Gatekeeper. Where, where's the brave version of Gatekeeper? <laughs> I mean, at the rate we're going, again, we'll, pro we'll likely get engaged characters sooner sooner than we think. So, yeah, there's got to be another, like, 10 more variants. And, of course, naturally, with the next Fire Emblem here, if they ever decide to release it. So, yes. So, we shall see. All right. Next, we're, now what? We're going to head to the news because it's been a unique week. Uh, a very interesting story that we were totally not going to rant about. Yes, we are. So, it's time to go. Down the war pipe. And first, Xbox. <laughs> oh, yes. It's been a very interesting week for Xbox, a week that I guarantee you they're trying to forget. Oh, yeah. So let's rewind the clocks back just a little bit. One of the dominant stories of this year with Xbox was their battle, and I do mean battle, in court against the FTC. A battle that they would win, technically. I mean, isn't there like something still needing approval, Scott, or something? They still have to go through the CMA. Country Music Awards? Dang! Yep. Gonna, that's, <laughs> I, I know some of the people on that panel. Them country stars are hardcore. All right. Hardcore country. All right. Wrestling reference. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so they won. Let's, let's just say that they won. Okay. They won that one. So the story is over, right? No. No, it's not. Because as, as I'm sure many have heard, there were numerous leaked uh, emails from the court case that got released into the wider internet. And despite the court trying to delete said emails, nothing gets erased from the internet forever. No. Once it's made public, someone got in. <laughs> uh -huh. Now, there was a lot uh, to, let's just say, digest from these emails. And some of it was rather innocuous, if we're being completely honest here. Like, for yeah. example, there was a Bethesda sheet talking about the games that they were working on or had released and whether they were going to be like multi-platform or whatever. So that's where we learned that, uh, I'm going to say Mortal Kombat. Uh, no, they're later. Uh, Elder Scrolls <laughs> 6 will not be multi-platform, which was not confirmed per se, but highly hinted at. But because yeah. of a court filing, we now know it'll definitely be only Xbox and PC. 
which which apparently worked out with Starfield, so make of that what you will. Um, but uh, one thing that did come off as, oh, let's be generous, very insulting, <laughs> was a email from 2020 by one Phil Spencer. Yes, that Phil Spencer. Ha 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 ha. Uh, in an email, he noted that Again, this is 2020, um, looking even closer. This is August 2020, so, you know, well into the pandemic. He, and oh my God, the subject was random thought. <laughs> oh, I'm enjoying this so much more than I thought I would. Um, he's, he was talking with uh, Takeshi Nomoto and Chris Capsicella. Apologies if I butchered the name. And he goes, quote, Takeshi, I totally agree that Nintendo is the prime asset for us in gaming, and today gaming is our most likely path to consumer relevance. I've had numerous conversations with the LT of Nintendo. LT? Anybody? Got a guess? I'm not familiar with the, the Le term. Like legal something, maybe? Anyway. Maybe. Um, legal something, or maybe, whatever. LT of Nintendo about tighter collaboration and feel like if any U.S. company would have a chance with Nintendo, we are probably the be in the best position. Oh, the things I could do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, it gets better. It gets better, and Faith, you better laugh at this one. Uh, the unfortunate, or fortunate for Nintendo, situation is that Nintendo is sitting on a big pile of cash. They have a BOD. Yes, they have a BOD, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that until recently has not pushed for further increases in market growth or stock appreciation. I say until recently, as our former MS BOD member, Value Act has asked for that. Who doesn't care? Uh, la, 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 la. I've kept the notion of profit. Don't care. Uh, it's like he'll be pushing for more Nintendo stock, which could create opportunities for us without that catalyst i don't see an angle to a near item mutually agreeable merger of nintendo and microsoft and i don't think a hostile action would be a good move so we are playing the long game um he also said he wanted to buy valve good luck with that <laughs> okay but i'm not done i'm not done okay so not only does he still think remember 2020 does he think that nintendo is for sale he goes quote i love this discussion and value you looking at the opportunities here at some point getting nintendo would be a career moment and i honestly believe a good move for both companies it's just taking a long time for nintendo to see that their future exists off of their own off like out of their own hardware a long time, dot, 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 dot. <laughs> I just quote. find it. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was saying end quote. Go. No, I was just, I, this is what I was talking about another day. I'm like, if Microsoft thinks that they have the ability to just buy Nintendo, they're full of themselves. Well, someone's full of himself, I can guarantee you. Like, like, I feel like, okay, them buying Valve, okay, I feel like that's more likely than Nintendo. They're both very unlikely, but I feel like it's more likely. But then it's like, also, we're talking about Xbox. Like, yeah. Xbox and Valve, that, that that's like Xbox and Sony. Like, it just don't go together. Yeah. It yeah, just no, Valve, don't happen. Valve literally made a Steam Deck to combat Windows, so you yeah, tell me so... if they really want that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, and I don't know if you knew this, Faith, but the head of Valve is Gabe Newell, who is a former Microsoft employee. <laughs> so I'm sure he has thoughts on his own. Oh, it just keeps getting better. Oh, yes. Now, I'm sh now we were talking about we as Outer Haven. We're talking about this in the Discord when it's all dropped. And one of our members, Jordan, 
yes, Jordan, I'm talking to you now, uh, was basically trying to defend Phil Spencer here, saying like, oh, this is three years ago. Oh, this is just a business email. Oh, he was just trying to view all the options. And honestly, from that statement, his statement, I could agree to an extent that this was just a business email. But then I saw the, the line about it's just taking a long time for Nintendo to see that their future exists off of their own hardware. A long time. Oh, that set me off. Because <laughs> it's one thing to say, hey, wouldn't it be great if we bought Nintendo? Of course it would be. You don't think Sony has thought about that? Imagine, imagine Sony hardware with Nintendo software. Like, I'm a Nintendo fanboy, and I think that's an awesome thing to picture. <laughs> like, Super HD Legend of Zelda, or uh, imagine, like, a Metroid game from Gorilla Games. <laughs> oh, man, that would be awesome! And, and then, but of course, we have to make sure that they, they don't try to uh, improve Smash Brothers themselves. We all know how, how that went the last time they tried. But, like, even I could see there would be benefits in that, right? But... For them to say, oh, it's just taking Nintendo a long time to realize that, you know, their future is outside of hardware. Oh, I wanted to shove my fist down Phil Spencer's throat. Now, if this was during the Wii U era, yeah, you can make that claim. Because everyone, including some of us here on NEP, were like, this is their last chance. The Switch was their last chance to try and still be relevant. And guess what? They knocked it out of the freaking ballpark. <laughs> and we knew that in 2020. All right, because that was three years after the Switch came out. And the, again, because of their pandemic, Animal Crossing sold like 10 million thousand units. I, I was going to go billion, but I thousand came out first. I'm sorry. Um, 10 million billion units. So, you know, they were rolling in money just from Animal Crossing, which is not something we all thought we would say back in 2020 before everything went wrong. Bill Spencer, I don't know what he was on that day. I'm not sure if he was just, you know, high on coke or something. The drink, not the drug. <laughs> clearly, I, clearly, clearly, but uh, this is just insulting. Again, yeah. This is this is Nintendo. Like 2020, August 2020, Nintendo. Like the Switch was selling super well. The Xbox, uh, Xbox Series X and S and PS5. I don't think it come out yet. I think that was later mm. in the year, right? Yeah, that was later. Yeah, yep. so like mm. they weren't, they were, they should have been focused on their next console, which by the way, Xbox, how's that new console doing for you? <laughs> okay, yeah. And think about everything Xbox has done since that email to try and bolster their ranks. And they thought they could get Nintendo. You know, they had to fight for their lives just to get Activision Blizzard. And that's still not technically through. No, it's because that they almost got that. They're like, oh, we can do anything now. We're just going to get Nintendo, and we're going to get Valve. You know, we're going to do all of it. We're going to conquer all of it. What really what really burns me here isn't just the lack of respect to Nintendo. And, and hey, there was a part of this where it was just, hey, I've had talks with them about tighter collaboration. That's a reference to their Minecraft collaboration. If you remember that commercial, uh, like Stronger Together or whatever, like that was a great thing. We talked about that on NEP. You know, I'm fine with that. Or Minecraft Steve in uh, Smash Brothers. Oh, wait, that wasn't a great collaboration at all. Uh, <laughs> still better. Still better. But, you know, that kind of thing, I, I want. I want that kind of stuff. And I wish that Sony and Nintendo could collaborate more on that level. But then to say, yeah, they just, they're, they're, he basically said that they're idiots for realize, for not thinking that they're just going to be a software company like Sega in the future. That hurts. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and it's surprising when people 
think of that as not an insult too because that just that feels like they want to get nintendo out of the hardware business yeah (laughs) yeah and remember and remember going back to the ftc case which was this year xbox would not definitively confirm that nintendo was competition Nope. Remember that? Sony straight up said they weren't competition, and Microsoft was like, well, they kind of are, but like, they kind of are. And Microsoft kept saying, like, you know, we're not here to cremate. Cremate. Yes, we're not here to cremate. <laughs> Ooh. I mean, technically they are, but anyway. Um, but, no, we're not here to create a monopoly, and yet there, here's an email that they had to submit to the court or was submitted to the court that said, hey, we basically want to turn this from a three-horse race to a two-horse race. That's ever closer to a monopoly, Microsoft. Yes, that is literally how monopolies happen. Yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be close to an oligarchy, I think it's called, right? Like multiple warlords instead of one. <laughs> Works out so well in Russia. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, obviously, this didn't happen. This is why we could have this big laugh. Yeah, this would have been sad, especially because uh, when you look at, like, the first paragraph, they talked about even that they had a few people on the Microsoft Board of Directors working on grabbing more stock from Nintendo as a way to basically have more money of their pie. Yeah. Mm. And from the sounds of it, that didn't actually go as close as they're thinking. But that's also because, if anyone remembers from the news... 2021, Nintendo actually got rid of a lot of the foreign stockholders mm-hmm. because they wanted Nintendo to be a Japanese company. Uh-huh. And so they probably got rid of a lot of Microsoft stock out of Nintendo alongside the other companies trying to buy more stock in Nintendo. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it, that's it kind of show. It, it, I think that's probably good foresight from Nintendo because, like, now with like as you know, Embracer Group and other like these <laughs> Embracer like, Group has and all, lost a lot of money because of that. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So I think that's good foresight from Nintendo. And, and, yeah, concerning today, yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's another thing, and I, I, I obviously can't confirm this because I would have to like really dive into this. But someone noted very interestingly. Minecraft Steve, yes, I'm bringing him back up, arrived in October of 2020. So months after this email came out. Would you guys like to know how many big Nintendo Xbox collaborations happened after that? Zero. Zero. Zip. (laughs) So some people wonder, did Nintendo get a hold of that email? Because they haven't done anything, but now technically, uh, no, actually, wait a minute, hold on. When did Reggie retire from Nintendo? Was that was that 2019? Hmm. Yeah, Reggie. I think. He's, I'm, I'm looking at this up. Here we go. When did? Yeah, 2019. So that was after the Game Awards Unity. Remember that the Trinity. <laughs> yeah. So that was after that. After this email went out. After Minecraft, Steve, Nintendo, and Microsoft basically haven't really worked together again. So, just saying, <laughs> either someone told Nintendo or Nintendo kind of realized what's going on. Because, like Scott said, I honestly didn't know that Scott. So thank you for telling me that. But uh, yeah, uh huh, yeah, like it's an interesting saw... thing to look yeah, at when you just... look at stock and board of directors and stuff. Which that that's what the BOD stands for, by the way. It's it's their board of directors. Oh, really? So he had a lot. meeting with Nintendo's board of directors, and then he had a meeting with his own board of directors. Yeah. So that that's basically what it's about. Uh, mm-hmm. So, 
as the host of the Nintendo Radio Podcast, I, for one, am glad I don't have to battle our Microsoft overlords. <laughs> so, it's bad enough I have a PC. I'm kidding. I actually like my PC. <laughs> I didn't have to buy this one. Thanks, Keith. Uh, but, yeah, we can laugh about this because it didn't happen, but <laughs> wow. And, 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 and if you didn't see Phil Spencer, after all of these leaks, basically said, it's really sad to see all of these statements and leaks about it, like how we've changed over the years. Oh, really? <laughs> you don't say. You've, you've <laughs> changed, have you? Yeah. Good luck with that. Uh, we'll just acquire all the third-party developers. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. won't be a monopoly. <laughs> no. We're not going to restrict Bethesda games or potentially restrict Call of Duty, which we will actually talk about in our main event later tonight. Um, but yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm really glad this didn't happen. <laughs> mm -hmm, okay. mm -hmm. and, and as Keith pointed out, and, and now in collaboration with what Scott said, there is absolutely no chance in heck of Nintendo being bought by a Nintendo or uh, by an American company. No, no, there's way too many documentation and crap they have to go through. And that's not going to be able to be held up very well. Yeah. And, and like the Japanese government could get involved because yeah. of how it is. And so there is no chance for Xbox to uh, fulfill the career moment of Phil Spencer tier. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I feel good. I feel good. I, I really, I, really <laughs> do, you know? I know I shouldn't, you know, be happy about the misery of others, but honestly, it just depends about the person who ha has misery. Because <laughs> sometimes you just like seeing people suffer because they deserve it. Mm -hmm. hey, remember, I never said I was a benevolent host. I just said I was the host. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> context. Speaking of context, uh, it's time for someone to head out. Yes. Yes. It's time for me to follow the yellow brick road. Ooh, nice <laughs> Wizard of Oz reference. Yes. So, I don't know. I don't know where we're going, but you just you have faith and you follow the road. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Faith has faith. Yes. Wow, that's wow, that's deep. That's it, it's called have. It's called having your own back. You know, you support yourself. You have faith. <laughs> I can make a joke here, but I won't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huh? Mm -hmm. I, I know it's odd for Todd to not make a joke about your faith, but hey, <laughs> I have. Left, are you I, are you turning over a new leaf? Eh. He's just overly happy that Microsoft doesn't own Nintendo. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> their, their suffering is more, their, their their suffering is more significant than your suffering. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Thanks Bye. For faith. Bye. Of course. Bye. Bye. User disconnected from your channel. I really do like that people can like literally hear that she left. I don't know. Why. I think it's because I'm the one recording, so like it comes through my headset. But whatever. So, but yes, and, and for the record, for, on the Xbox stuff, there is there was a lot more information about what's called the behind the scenes stuff, if you will, not just emails, but insights yeah. on things like Xbox Game Pass and. If you, I, I am seriously questioning how that thing is profitable because <laughs> I'm serious. Like I have, I saw the email that said that they were willing to pay three hundred million dollars potentially to get Jedi Survivor as a day one Game Pass game, and I'm like, how do you pay three hundred million and then expect to make that back alongside all the other games you're trying to get on day one? And I don't know, obviously if that was the final number, but they said they paid like tens of millions, a hundred million for day one get, get Game Pass titles, and okay. Yeah, there was a lot of things leaked, and there was a lot of 
I'd say good and bad things that were leaked that people liked and people did not like. I was more of the dislike of things that were leaked. So I'm kind of happy that they probably aren't going to be exactly how it is going to go. And even if that was their original game plan, it sounds like they may shift it. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole other story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's going to be... Uh... Yeah, this there's gonna be fallout from this, pun intended, uh, later on. So be ready, <laughs> okay? <laughs> All right, be ready. Uh, next up, we have okay some lighter news. Thank goodness. Uh, Ace Attorney. We have two pieces of news. First of all, we'll save the first one for the Xbox fans. If you have not <laughs> been able to get the original Ace Attorney trilogy because you have an Xbox, that will change because that is coming out on Game Pass. Uh, next year, I think it was. Uh, I think it was, or maybe it was sooner. I don't remember now. Uh, it's Xbox, right. so I don't really care. <laughs> Sounds about right, but Sounds I don't know either. <laughs> the other news, however, is that the Apollo Justice Ace Attorney trilogy has now been dated, and it will come out on January twenty fifth, and it will include, of course, Apollo Justice Ace Attorney, uh, Dual Destinies, and Spirit of Justice, alongside apparently the animated. Uh, prequel to Spirit of Justice, which I did not know existed, but that's awesome. And apparently a green screen mode where you can uh, have the characters. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really look into this, but apparently people are really excited about it. Again, it's basically machinima mode. You could probably like make your own uh, Ace Attorney game right now in, in video form right now. Just do whatever you want. Create, creative minds can do whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that's pretty interesting. I won't lie. And I'm I'm excited for this one just because I I, I love Ace Attorney and if this sells well I really think we're gonna get Ace Attorney Seven we should have gotten it already but maybe maybe this is, this is the final <laughs> thing it's like there's nothing else for them to do like I'm serious like they did the original trilogy modernized that they brought over uh Great Ace Attorney Chronicles to the West which many people didn't think was gonna happen and now they got now they got the updated version of the back half of the trilogy. So I mean I guess there's the Miles Edgeworth games, but let's not let's not push our luck here. So please, just there, there's a cliffhanger that needs to be solved. All right, that like, you could even incorporate the, like the time delay between the games into the new title. I would be fine with that because it would make more sense in certain ways. So please, Capcom, give us the dang game. We're not we're not asking for too much. We're not we're not Microsoft. Oh, oh. <laughs> sweet sweet misery. All right, next up. We have, okay, this is an interesting one that I definitely want you guys' input on. So, you might have heard of this thing called the uh, Super Mario Brothers movie. No, nope, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs> so, uh, I promise this is not what you're expecting. So, the writer of the movie, uh, sorry, I'm bringing up the article now. Uh, the Oh, here you go. Matthew Fogel mm. was one of the writers on the Super Mario Brothers movie. And he did a webinar. Okay, and he admitted certain things about uh, the game about the movie that honestly makes you wonder what it could have been like hmm. if they didn't make it the way they wanted to. So uh, here's uh, some highlights from the panel. Okay, first of all. The goal was to write a script that had just enough emotion and story to sustain the movie. Okay. Not really sure how to take that, honestly. <laughs> but I will, like, just enough? Like, okay. We, like, how, we just how, want to make it on the bare minimum. Yeah. Bare, 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 bare. Okay. Uh, 
Matthew Vogel did acknowledge the criticism about the movie being uh, too fast paced, and he talked about that in the panel. Uh, if you didn't see the if you didn't see the movie, it really just like fast, like super it yeah, 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 through stuff. Too. Yeah, which is you know it worked apparently, but a lot of people called it out. All right, uh, here's a big one. There was a year or so during the production pre-production where Bowser was really just a really mean villain. And he liked, <laughs> I'm serious. And he likened it to being a Marvel villain. Oh. Um... No, hold on. I think no. I don't know why you went eh there, but I mean, like, I, I think he meant like Marvel villain in terms of like the sinisterness. Okay. You know, like, I am trying to take over. You know, like a like a like a red. Skull. Okay, and that up. Like a red okay, skull okay, or okay, Thanos. Okay. You know. You know, like the good, the good, like a, like a killmonger. You know, the good MCU villains. <laughs> you know. Not like whatever the heck we had in Thor: Love and Thunder, <laughs> or or Eternals, or I'm know. sorry, Christian Bell. No, <laughs> he he could have been so great. They gave him no time. Like my gosh, and then Thor whipped him so easily. That was such a terrible movie. Um, but apparently the writing team said it didn't feel right, so they eventually added the side of him being more likable. I think that worked out more again, Jack Black. I know, but I'm like. <laughs> When I saw the first trailer, like the first trailer, when he's uh, Bowser's attacking the Ice Kingdom, I loved how he came out. You know, he's intimidating. The Koopa army is scared of him. You know, you know, do you yield? I think not. And then he burns down the castle. Like, you know, who's going to stop me? Like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's do this. Like, this kind of Bowser. And then he sings Peaches, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> hey, that, that thing almost pretty much can win an Oscar. Come and, on. And hey, I will not knock Jack Black if he wins that Oscar. I am actually praying for that just so he can have it singing at the Oscars. But that's another story for another time. But, like, him being, like, this super goofy villain, like, yes, that is a side of Bowser, especially in Paper Mario, especially Thousand Year Door, which, again, is coming to the Switch next year. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but Bowser's evil. Like, it's, like, just look at Mario Brothers Wonder. He turns into a freaking castle and morphs an entire realm to his whims. That's Bowser that I, I, I acknowledge. All right. <laughs> It, 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 we're definitely in that weird phase. I mean, of course, like if you talk about way back in the early '90s, we always did like our general two-dimensional characters. We just like good and evil. That's all we really need. And now we're in this current age. We need three-dimensional characteristics. Like, oh, we like we love we we, we want Bowser evil, but with tender side with with peaches, <laughs> or like I don't know something with that. I guess probably in in a way is kind of like with the trends of the of the years and so forth, maybe. I mean, I, I know that part of this is because they were trying to make a kids movie and that they actually acknowledged that multiple times, as I will get to. And I can understand that to an extent, but, you know, kids know that villains are out there. Again, we, <laughs> we grew up on Disney movies, okay? You know, Maleficent didn't have a good side. The Witch in Snow White didn't have a good side. She tried to poison her with a freaking apple. <laughs> um, Ursula didn't have a good side. Uh, Scar didn't have a good side. Scar was hilarious. Cruella de Vil. Cruella de Vil. absolutely did not have a good side. So sorry, Emma Stone. She did not have a good side. All right. Um, et cetera, et cetera. So, I, and this, and then I will not go into this too deeply, but mm -hmm. this speaks to me about how our culture is viewing storytelling, where to reach a younger audience, they feel we need to like bare bones it and go like the most simple characterizations. And I'm like, that's not the shows I grew up on. I'm a better consumer of media because i had these deep complex stories and characters and mm. when i was young 
and then grew to appreciate them more as a kid or as an, as an adult. Yeah, like yeah. back in my day, we exactly. had characters that Thank goodness we had Avatar. Something. <laughs> yeah, Avatar, Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, Justice League, Spider-Man. I mean, dear gosh, the Spider-Man Animated Series was horrifying at some times, <laughs> like when Mary Jane was revealed to be water. Like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That scars the people, okay? Like, he, Peter Parker just can't win. You hear that, Marvel Comics? <laughs> yeah, he just can't win because you keep making it that way. Anyway, I gotta keep going. I gotta keep going. Um, Darn Mephisto. Yeah, <laughs> Mephisto. Um, They're in control of Marvel. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Okay, they made a very specific choice to avoid exposition, citing how the iconic iconography iconography whatever has been in the public consciousness for the last 40 years and, ha and how exposition exposition is usually the death for family movies not sure i agree with that last part i do acknowledge that them appreciating the history of mario and how he's in the public eye a lot would affect things i do appreciate that but then again they also gave him an origin story with his family which is not canon at all right, so ma make it that what you will um here we go. An hour and 45 minutes worth of story beats were crammed into 80 minutes. Yeah. He also mentions how hard it was to uphold attention with children when the movie is over 90 minutes long. Again, we've watched Pixar films, so what do you want from us? Uh, I mean, we can do more. Okay, here's the big question. Where was Yoshi in the film? Well, they didn't add Yoshi because, and I quote, the whole thing was barely hanging together. <laughs> Oh no, I wonder how many rewrites they had to go through for that. Yeah, I'm really wondering that too. Uh, okay, we'll skip that one. Oh, okay, and then they are already looking into stuff for Mario too. So. Hopefully it's not hanging in by a thread. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, this is like one of those complicated things because it's easy to criticize the movie, and I, I believe we did that when Milton came out, and I just did it right now with Bowser. It's You can't deny the success. So no matter what they did or didn't do, it worked, and now they know that they can get away with certain things, I would hope, and that the sequel, when it comes out, we all know it's coming, when it comes out, will be a little more robust, maybe not as fast, and maybe trusting the kids a little more to stick through <laughs> a longer 90, than a 90-minute movie. I don't think that's a lot to ask for. You know, just saying. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I still haven't seen the movie, and I honestly don't have an interest. <laughs> I mean, it's on Peacock right now. Didn't you have Peacock service? I did, actually, but then, I, okay, I had it because of Xfinity. They actually had that on for free, which I enjoyed, because I got to get, watch WWE pay-per-views for free. Yeah. Because um, they do not deserve my money, especially, yeah. after what, especially after what happened today. If you know, you know. Okay? Shame <laughs> on you, WWE. But, uh, you know, but then Xfinity said, yeah, that's gone now. Oh, dang. I know. I'm like, that's just random, so I'll just go to illegal streaming. I mean, creative finding <laughs> on the internet. Creative acquisition. Creative, <sighs> creative acquisitions. That's the essence of business. Isn't that right, Phil Spencer? <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke of that guy. Um, but yeah, I, I get it. It made $1.3 billion. It's like the second biggest animated movie ever. They clearly did enough right to make it work, especially with the kids, and I appreciate that. I really, really do, because we all thought this was gonna fail. We all did, but it it didn't, and that's awesome. And I hope yeah. it does lead to more. But I also hope they they trust <laughs> the younger audience to want more than just a bare bones, super breezy film. Because kids, even kids, even kids know when something is really good and really beautiful. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kids be smart these days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'll give you a great example that'll be a perfect segue into our next sta- next uh, segment. Uh, Pokemon. Who, yeah. Who didn't tear up during the Butterfree episode? Ah. People who had no heart. Exactly. <laughs> you monsters. <laughs> yeah. Like, or or the episode when it seemed like Ash was going to leave Pikachu behind to be with that Pikachu horde. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember oh, that episode. Yeah. And it was just like, oh my gosh, are they seriously going to break up Ash and Pikachu? You know, and then Pikachu comes running back, and it was a beautiful moment. You know, like that was season one, twenty-five mm-hmm, years mm-hmm. ago. You know, I'm second, third grade. And I'm tearing up watching Butterfree leave and, you know, Ash, you know, uh, almost leaving Pikachu behind. You know, that's deep storytelling in a Pokemon show, which I have always hailed as it can be incredible when it wants to be just like at XYZ. But, you know, you got to trust the kids will actually understand these things, even if they don't fully understand it. They'll enter what happens because they'll if you tell a good story through visuals, through emotion, through great voice acting, which is another thing we'll be talking about later. <laughs> the story tells itself. You don't need exposition or to beat something, someone over with a hammer to get the no. across. Okay, the Butterfree scene was beautiful because Ash, that was Ash's first caught Pokemon. Caterpie to Metapod to Butterfree. And yet he knew that he had to let Butterfree go to be with its mate in the grander Pokemon world. And that was beautiful. And it was referenced at the end of Pokemon Journeys when Ash got to meet Butterfree again. I wish we had gotten more than just a simple cutscene, but whatever. <laughs> it happened. It's still canon. So, and I'm going to use that to transition into my review of Pokemon to be a Pokemon Master. Uh, <laughs> saw that coming. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, you must have read my review then. Um, I did. <laughs> did you know what's about to happen? You know what's about to happen. I can see it. <laughs> okay, do it. Um, okay, look. This, these are Pokemon D Pokemon Master, which again is on Netflix right now, are the final, quote unquote, final episodes <laughs> of Ash Ketchum and Pikachu. This was meant to be the epilogue, the final stories of Ash's life, more or less. It didn't feel like it. <laughs> it didn't feel like it at all. And it's heartbreaking. I mean that as a tw- as a fan for twenty five plus years, I came into this thinking, okay. Let's do this. And for the record, I knew how it ended. All right. I had, I had been spoiled about that because it was already aired in Japan. Of course, Twitter is a fan. And yeah, it was all over Twitter. I remember that. I know. <laughs> but I didn't know like the episodes leading up into the final scene, which is what I honestly had spoiled for me online, which is fine. Yeah. And watching the 12, the, no, sorry, the 10 episodes before the finale. The, okay. Sorry. I got, let me rewind. There are 12 episodes in this season. The 12th episode is actually non-canon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I was I was like, what the heck is going on here? It was actually a special episode that was released only in Japan at first. And you could tell by the voice acting because the original voice of James is there for Pokemon okay. Journeys. And he and the, the actor sadly died. Uh, oh, uh, wow. I know. It's, it, was, it was really sad. But um, like it was a special episode where, I kid you not, Ash interacts with a human ghost. What? Wow. I know. So the question is, why is this here? <laughs> and they played this after the series finale. So it was like the series finale, and then there was this episode, and I'm like, what is this? And you could, you could tell instantly that something's off. But I had to look it up. It was a special episode that was only in Japan, and then they translated it. Anyway, so the 10 episodes leading up to the series finale were the most inconsequential filler ever. 
like, and I, and I have noted if you read my Pokemon Journeys reviews from all three parts of this series, um, that this those episodes those those bulk episodes are full of filler, like, and, and part of it was okay yep. because of the the nature of Pokemon Journeys because Ash is a research fellow going all across the Pokemon world while also doing the World Coronation series and go doing Project Mew. But this is Ash's final episodes, and there were, I'm going to be generous here, eight out of ten episodes of filler, and then the series finale. Jeez. And, and you think, oh, Todd, you're being mean. No, I'm not. Let me explain. There is an episode where Ash helps a bear tick control its powers. There is an episode where Ash, Misty, and Brock uh, try and get a whalemer out of a hole that it's stuck in. There is a classic style episode where Ash and Pikachu are separated, and of course the whole episode is that they got to get back to each other and stuff like that. Um, there's uh, when Misty comes back, they're both trying to catch the same Pokemon, and Misty gets it, but then it bonds more with Ash's Pokemon than Misty, and then it's like, so what's the whole point? <laughs> One is the Brock episode is him, him getting hypnotized by a Pokemon and basically being mined for his emotional depression. Okay. This, this is real. This is actually one of the few benefits I thought about this season, but I'll get to that in a second. And no, I don't mean Brock suffering. I only I don't, I don't want Brock to suffer. I want Phil Spencer to suffer. Anyway, um, that was a good laugh there. Come on, Scott, give it to me. There we go. Um, but like that was one episode they had to deal with an episode over a I kid you not a lost doll that turned into a bonnet. No, I hate doll episodes. I know. Anyway, wait, you hate what episodes? Dull episodes. Okay, I thought you said dull episodes. Like, well, most of these were dull, dude. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I'm fine with some dull episodes. I'm, I'm just not fine with dull episodes. Yeah, dull episodes. <laughs> it, like, I, and that was actually one of the few things I appreciated about this, se this season was that they they uh, they focused in times on the dark side of the Pokemon world. Like, mm -hmm. uh, Hatterene is a Pokemon that will actually lure people into the forest and trap them there so that it can feed off of their negative emotions. Yep. Like, that's dark. And then Bennett's are born from abandoned dolls. And they actually show that happening in the episode. And I'm like, okay, that's actually pretty interesting. But then the whole rest of the episode is like, oh, of course they're going to find the trainer. That's the whole point. So why was I mad about this? Well, there was multiple things. First of all, after the end of Alola and the end of Pokemon Ultimate Journeys, or I, just, I, just call it, I like calling it Pokemon Journeys, Ash was on emotional highs. Like, he won the Alola League, he won the World Championships, and at the end of Pokemon Journeys, he says, you know, I'm going to go on a new journey. I'm like, awesome! <laughs> but he never says what. This whole, like, eight of the ten episodes, and the, the other two, for the record, were about Latios and Latias, and they actually connected to the movie Pokemon Heroes, except it didn't. Because the movie is non-canon. Yep. Okay, it's emphatically non-canon for multiple reasons, but it's non-canon except at the end of the Latios Latios arc, they go back to the city that was in Pokemon Heroes and show the girl that Ash met in that movie, who was basically the owner, sort of, sort of, of uh, Latios and Latios, and Latios would transform into that girl to have fun in the city, including kissing Ash at one point. Oh, I remember that. That that was awesome. <laughs> yes, that's right. That was Ash's first kiss, not Serena, but it was non-canon. We don't count it. <laughs> I count it. I count it. Um, but the reason I was mad at these episodes, outside of the series finale, which I don't think that was pretty good, um, for for what it was, I should say. This whole the whole thing is called Pokemon to be a Pokemon master. That question, what? does it mean to be a Pokemon master was not even asked until the last episode. 
And here's how it happened. Ash goes to find a Pokemon that Professor Oak accidentally lost. It happens. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. <laughs> uh, he finds the Pokemon and is helped out by Gary. Mm -hmm. Hi, Gary. One scene later. Hey, Ash, are you any, we're closer to being a Pokemon master? Ash, dramatic pause. Gary, peace. I'm out. <laughs> I am not kidding. That happens. They don't even have a conversation about it. He literally goes, hey, by the way, congrats on being world champion. Are you, are, are you close to being a Pokemon master yet? Ash doesn't answer. He goes, bye. And he's gone. <laughs> and then one scene later is the rainy scene where Ash is wondering what it means to be a Pokemon master. And then he, he reveals the answer. And for the record, it's a good answer. It's a very Ash answer because yeah. he, he never said he wanted to be a Pokemon champion or Pokemon world champion. He did that because he likes to battle and he feels that battles bring him and his Pokemon closer together, which we have seen throughout the series. So I didn't mind the ending, but this could have, this is one of the few times where they could have stretched that arc throughout the entire series. Like imagine Gary asking that in episode one, like he goes back to Pallet Town, he's helping Professor Oak helping his mom. And Gary asks, you know, hey, are you closer to being Pokemon Master yet? And Ash goes, I, I don't know. And so what does he do? He starts traveling around, starts trying to like soul searching of what it means to be a Pokemon Master. You know, he, he meets up with Misty and Brock again. He meets up, he may, maybe he goes back to Alola one more time to talk to his surrogate parents, his real parents. It's <laughs> canon. It's canon. You know, getting some parental advice. Because if you don't know, Delia ain't going to help. Let's be honest here. No. She's there to give him clothes and cook for him. And that's it. Um, and she does that in the finale. But, uh, you know, getting some parental advice from there. You know, oh, I don't know. Maybe actually having a meaningful reunion with Serena. The thing that fans <laughs> have wanted since the end of XYZ. <laughs> what a concept. And, you know, at the end, after all of his journey, I have to say goodbye to Misty and Brock one more time. Who basically are literally window dressing. They do nothing. I'm serious. Aww. I am serious. Like they have no emotional arcs going on. You know, Brock's still loving any every woman in sight. You think you think he gets some medical help for that? Um, Misty is even more pointless because she's just there at times outside that one Pokemon catching episode. And even then, it was dumb. You know, they're just there. Like, hey, remember these two? Yeah, they're there. Be happy. <laughs> they exist. You like them? <laughs> yeah. We get here. It, it, what really frustrated me is we got a silent return and not a Serena or a, a Kukui or all the meaningful Ash companions. No, let's get silent back because he needs to help us figure out what's wrong with Brock. Like, okay. I mean, was it Tracy? No, <laughs> Tracy was there. Tracy was there and he talked. So, oh, was, Tracy. Was, oh, yeah. And I believe it was his original voice actor, which made it all the more interesting. But, wow. Uh, I didn't mind Tracy. I really didn't. Um, but like it was just so mid, and that broke my heart because by the end, when uh, like Ash makes his decision, you know, I'm just gonna make friends with all the Pokemon in the world, and he they do the final scene, and you hear like that da 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 da, da playing in the background, and it's like, hey Pikachu, where are we gonna go? And then, like you're tearing up because he's like, this is it, this is the goodbye. You no. know, that was great, but everything up to that was just so. Average. That's why my review is a three out of five because it just <laughs> it didn't mean anything. Like the no. you, could, you could skip all ten episodes, go right to the series finale, and not miss a thing. That's horrifying. <laughs> and there's a bunch of last hurrah, which is yeah. yeah. There was nothing hurrah about it. Like seriously, and that's and I even looked up. I I had to look up a review of the season, and I found one review. Ironically enough. 
just one. Like that was all I could find on the review page, like one review. And it was th them saying the same thing, that it was like a lackadaisical, lazy uh, epilogue for Ash. Like they could have ended it on Pokemon Journeys technically, and I guess that would have been a more meaningful ending, technically. Yeah, that's really sad, <laughs> especially because like I feel like there's so much they could have done, especially with Ash, Ash as at like the end Dude, of his adventures. Did you just say what I think you just said? <laughs> I may have. Yeah. <laughs> Way to make an Ash of yourself. <laughs> but it's one of those things that I really wish that they would have incentivized more on the seeds that Ash plants throughout this entirety of the Pokemon series. Yes. Because he's constantly planting seeds as his character is constantly helping people finding out more about pokemon and helping build relationships between people and pokemon and figuring out ways to do that more and it sounds like instead of basically letting him reap that they just made him plant more seeds yeah which he doesn't need to do because this is the finale yes yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and like here's here's a great example i gave this in my review Although I would have loved Serena to come back for like the whole series, um, I, I understand if they, if they couldn't have done that, but like one episode would have been enough for A to you know actually talk about the kiss that they canonically had. <laughs> it's Ken, and her to talk about you know like he's he's stressing like I, you know I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what it means to be a Pokemon master, and, and she's like you know if anybody can figure it out, it's you. And like what do you mean by that story and it's like ash you're like the most inspirational person i met you're the one who helped me understand what i wanted to be i'm traveling the world because of you and i watched as you and pikachu went beyond your limits you know go beyond and <laughs> um won the world championship and you know what that did for me that inspired me more because you 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 weren't supposed to win that was leon he was unbeatable but you beat him you did that. So what could I do if I went beyond my limits and I pushed towards my goal even more? So if anyone can find that out, it's you. You know, that would have been so much because, like you said, Scott, he – ooh, I got to say this carefully. He put ideas into – I can't say he put a seed in Serena. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was using your words, but I got to be careful here. Um, he, he, he inspired Serena through their inter interactions and – like that would have meant so much that you know he saw what he did for her, and even now after their journey, he's still inspiring her. And like that's what it means to be a Pokemon master, not just to you know be friends with all Pokemon, but to meet people who are with Pokemon and to have them achieve their own goals. You know, like and, and or even Kakui would have been like, Ash, you don't understand. You came here just, you know, on an adventure, but you made yourself into something so much more here with your friends that you made and uh, getting Rockruff to be your, uh, your Pokemon and having involvement to that Lycanroc. And, you know, you're already being a Pokemon master as far as I'm concerned, you know, like very fatherly stuff. And, you know, that would have meant so much more to see how those interactions played out, like you said, Scott. And they just didn't do that. They did the, they did filler episodes up until the series finale. And they solved the Pokemon Master question in 10 minutes flat. Not even that. Less than that. So. Yeah, just I mean, it's great that they at least acknowledge that. But it kind of sucks that they didn't let you, I guess, chew on it before they just found the answer. Exactly. And, that, and it's just disappointing because this is it. <laughs> like this is it. this is it there's, there's no more there's, there's no redoing this this is i'm not saying this is a game of thrones season eight level of bad <laughs> <laughs> but there is that sense of unfulfilling you know um the I, here's i i really hate to say this but i'm going to say it 
you could argue that the best part about Pokemon to be a Pokemon master is the intro song. (laughs) (laughs) Because in those 38 seconds, they not only showcase all the regions that Ash has been to in the original Pokemon footage, uh, including from the very first episode, they have an excellent final shot of when they go Pokemon. They show Ash's Pokemon like in like their best moments, and it's like totally brings me to tears every time. But like that intro showed more about Ash's journey to being a Pokemon master than the show itself. That's just sad to me. Yeah. And again, I love this show. Like I, I spent twenty five years. <laughs> watching this show and i i tear up thinking that it's it's gone and even after my review which i'll admit was scathing despite my three out of five review score i ended it by saying thank you for everything ash and i'm gonna miss you because i will yep yep but he deserved a better ending than that that's just that's just the truth from one pokemon fan and many many others so (laughs) say love it i suppose (sighs) oh Okay, how about I go bash Sonic now? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, kidding, so kidding, Tyler. I could already hear him coming out of the Shatterverse. Like, what'd you just say? Shut up. And the Sixers aren't still aren't going to win the NBA this year. Um, trust the process, my ack. No, <laughs> trust the process, my ash. <laughs> I'm never going to let you forget that, Scott, because you do that. Um, so Sonic Superstars is uh, less than a month away from release. And for some of you, I know that's very, very exciting. Uh, especially since it comes out three days before Super Mario Brothers Wonder, you Sega hacks! How dare. Um, but there's two pieces of news I want to talk about. The first piece is that there is an animated prequel that has come out about uh, Robotnik, uh, was it, uh, Trip, and Fang the Hunter. There we go. Uh, it's actually really well animated. No voice acting, oddly enough, but it shows, it plants the seeds of what's going to happen in the main game. So definitely go and check that out. I think it's like uh, it's like eight minutes, ten minutes, something like that. It's a pretty long animation. Mm-hmm. So definitely yeah, go check yeah. that out. Then we got a breakdown of the, hmm, sorry, a- online battle modes. Ooh. Ooh, yes. So here's how it's going to go. You can battle online with up to eight players or four players locally. Yes, locally. <laughs> yes. And, yes. Uh, and you will have multiple modes that you can go into. You can do race, which is reach the goal before the other players. You have zap scrap, where you're going to shoot bullets to attack other players. Points are added when you damage an opponent and decrease when you take damage. Uh, And you can get powered up bullets by getting certain item boxes. Uh, I guess most points wins. Uh, Star snatcher. You can collect stars within time limit, and you lose a star if you take damage. And then survival. You stay on screen until the end while avoiding cannonballs flying from the back of the screen. I'm sorry, doesn't that sound like a Mario level to you? Yes. <laughs> Mario Brothers 3, anyone? They just can't have a steal Nintendo. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that's that's four different modes. I mean, that's a lot more than I would have expected from this. So They're putting a lot more into this game than I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> And apparently you can like get custom parts for your metal fighter because you're gonna be you're gonna be playing like metal robots, like metal versions of Sonic, yes. Tails, and <laughs> I'm not sure who that third character is, but it looks menacing. It looks has like a Viking helmet on. Um <laughs> But yeah, it uh you, you can also do offline battle mode, we can play against AI opponents, and it looks like good fun. So if nothing else, there's gonna be options for you in Sonic Superstars. So October seventeenth, if you are interested. All right. Um, 
Oh, yeah, more Switch rumors. <laughs> Again. Yay. Again. Yeah, I know. So, apparently, the latest Switch rumors, because, of course, we absolutely needed more, is that um, they're going to be, the system will be on the power level of over 9,000. <laughs> no. um, the power level of the uh, PS4. And I'm like, okay, well, how do we know this? Well, apparently, this was from an internal email by, wait for it, Activision Blizzard. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I actually, I guess this technically is part of the FTC case, I suppose. It is. Okay, it there is you indeed. go. I apologize. I did not realize that. <laughs> I was just looking at it from the Activision Blizzard standpoint. But yes, it goes, uh, given the closer alignment to Gen 8 platforms in terms of performance in our previous offerings on PS4, Xbox One, is reasonable to assume we can make something compelling for the NG Switch or next generation Switch as well. It would be helpful to secure early access to development hardware prototypes and prove that out nice and early. Uh, I'm not sure when this email went out, but I think it was from last December, I think it was. I'll, I'll, I'll go to the source source. The source. You know. <laughs> Gotta have your sources, children. Um, yeah, here we go. It's from December of last year. So, yeah. And I would not be surprised if... Uh, I was going to make a Bobby Kotick joke, but I won't. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been slamming so many people today. I'm just like, I'm, I got I to gotta, I gotta curb stop it late eventually. <laughs> uh, but uh, I was surprised Activision Blizzard did get a, a prototype by now. Because I mean that's nine months later, so and the Switch, NG Switch, let's call it, is allegedly coming out late next year. So prototypes are definitely out there. Yes, but, I would absolutely think they are. Yeah, and this is another report saying PS4, Xbox One graphics. I'm perfectly okay with that. I mean, there's, yes. there's beautiful mm -hmm. games on both of those systems. Let's just be honest here. Plus, we don't need 4K handheld. I do not uh, need 4K handheld. We no, do not need 4K handheld. You know what I do need? Holograms. <laughs> I want a full-on hollow room Star Trek style. <laughs> oh, that'd be sweet. We're in 2023 now. Where's our flying hover cars? Where's all that <laughs> technology that we were promised? Where's my hoverboard? <laughs> they aren't nearly as cool as the hoverboards in Back to the Future. <laughs> Definitely not. But, uh, yeah, so once again, we are get, we're starting to get a, maybe a better picture of what the next generation Switch will be, maybe. But again, as always, do not believe anything until you hear from Nintendo. Okay? All right. You know, once we get the actual announcement from Nintendo, we can finally, hopefully, put these rumors to bed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. And finally, finally, we're going to have a two-part news story. One I'm going to talk about now, and the other we'll talk about in our main event. And it's Mortal Kombat 1. Mortal Kombat! So, Ed Boon has been talking a lot recently, as he should, because Mortal Kombat 1 is officially out on consoles and PC everywhere. Um, if you had it on early access, a little bully for you, okay? You premium edition hacks. Uh, <laughs> oh, I get to play the game five days early! Don't care. Um, but there was two pieces of news by Ed Boon that really got people's attention. And one of them was about voice acting. <laughs> so during an interview with Rolling Stone, he talked about how initially, like really early goings in Mortal Kombat 1, he and the rest of NetherRealm Studios had the idea of 
bringing in a literal cavalcade of A-list actors to voice every single Mortal Kombat character, giving the oh. example, giving the example of having Keanu Reeves be Kenshi. Uh, I would uh, like that potentially. You would potentially maybe like that. potentially like that. I mean, I would like that for Keanu, but I don't know if I would have liked that for the game. Yeah. Uh. Also, I mean, isn't Kenshi Japanese? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the last time that Ke Keanu was in a Japanese-focused movie? I'm just, I'm just saying. 47 Ronin, everybody. It was a thing. It existed. It existed. It, it, it existed. <laughs> anyway. Um, but the reason that this didn't happen was not because of uh, Ed Boon's love of professional voice actors. You know, the people who actually know how to do the job but because he thought it might be a logistical problem. <laughs> oh, really now? <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what he said. Um, I could give you the quote, but I, I promise you it's, it's there. Um, he said that he was worried that the actors would think that they would be coming in for one session, voice for about an hour, and then they would be done. When we all know that's not really how voice acting No, no it takes <laughs> years, if anything, months, yes. Okay, well, hey, hold on, Will. I mean, it depends on the property, but years is a bit... Strange. Okay, maybe that was a stretching. That, yeah, yeah. that was definitely a stretch. Okay, <laughs> I, I wouldn't even go for months. Remember, like, if this is one actor per uh, per one character, and depending on their voice acting, we're not getting into this. But um, it's <laughs> There's a lot of things attached. <laughs> yes, there, there, it can take a long time. It could definitely take weeks or a month per character. More than an hour. More which, than an hour. Ironically... A lot of people online don't know how the process works either with voice acting, and that's kind of its own problem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. And this is where the problem really comes in, because it's really sad that Ed Boom doesn't realize how badly this could go, because the last two times, I, I'm not going to include third because of a certain thing, but the last two times he brought in a, quote, A-list superstar to be in the Mortal Kombat universe for one of their main characters, it didn't go so well. Everybody remembers Ronda Rousey as Sonya Blade, right? Yeah, it, it could have been better, but it was, I mean, yeah. it was it was it was pretty bad. Bill. I mean, yeah, Grant is bad, like yeah, but in comparison with with the recent entry with Megan Fox <laughs> as Natara, yeah, that was the other one. That was it could always go worse. <laughs> it, can, it can always be worse. That's just life. I mean, like Ronda Rousey Mortal kind of had had the first, being the first part of being that first A-lister to voice in Mortal Kombat. But yeah, the fact that you perform no, no offense to Megan Fox, but the fact you did it with no like direction with that with your deliveries is like yeah, you made Ronda Rousey look good. There it's you just go. like yeah. And hey, remember that thing about the logistical issue I told you about? That actually happened with Rhonda because they could not get her to come back and voice the lines. So for her like pre-fight uh, smack talk, they actually cut previous lines that she had done and spliced them together. Wow. And that's why they sounded so weird. <laughs> Explained a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, and then apparently, and I won't include this because I haven't heard it, but the Jean-Claude Van Damme inclusion has also not been getting a lot of love because they don't like how he sounds. They actually even argue that his model doesn't look like Jean-Claude. Mm, so yeah, make yeah. it that what you will. So now imagine that across a whole roster of Mortal Kombat combatants. Yeah. And yeah. I know what you're thinking. Well, wait a minute, Todd. Isn't there some big actors in Mortal Kombat 1 right now that are actually doing good? Yes, I would agree. Her name is Kelly Hu. 
<laughs> who has yep, done yeah, yeah. multiple things, including being in the Arrowverse, and but she's also an accomplished voice actor. All right, she's done numerous animated properties, including being in Young Justice as Cheshire, in which yep. she is awesome. Okay. Yes. So, uh, but that is an exception because she has had animated experience, whereas Megan Fox, Ronda Rousey, and Jean Claude have not. <laughs> okay. And that's the difference. There is absolutely a difference between bringing a professional voice actor into an animated property because if they don't have the experience, they're just going to try and act it out instead of trying to really embody the character that is virtually being created. And an excellent example of one that is upcoming is J.K. Simmons. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. J.K. Yeah. Simmons is going to be a, a Omni Man because that's who he voiced in the uh, Amazon Prime adaptation of the comic book. J.K. Simmons has done animated series like The Legend of Korra. He has done numerous video games. Uh, I can't. He was in one recently that I saw a voice clip to, and it was like bone chilling how good he was in it. He said like one line. I was just like, oh, I don't. Want to like, I mean, he was also the original Spider-Man movie games too, which is fun. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And and if you remember uh, across the Spider Verse, he was every version of of uh, Jameson. <laughs> he was every version. So, so trust. Now, John Cena. Uh, that's gonna that be one. interesting <laughs> i mean he, he he's basically himself I like know. He, i know he has done he has done quote-unquote animated movies like with the wwe cartoons and he movies did. as well but yeah he's he, basically he himself he movies and he was he was himself in that one so uh where he literally held a boulder that was rolling at the scooby gang this like 12 foot diameter boulder he just like stopped it and pushed it off cliff why because <laughs> he could because he never gave up so Look, Ed, can, can we talk? Just just you and me here, okay? I dig that you're a fanboy like us. I dig that you have these big aspirations for your game. You've even said that you've gotten basically every third-party character you've wanted in Mortal Kombat now that you got Jean-Claude Van Damme. I dig it. You were the guy who gave us, you know, Robocop and Terminator and Predator and Alien and Jason and Freddy and Kratos and uh, even going to Injustice with Hellboy and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You're a fans developer. I dig it. This is a bad idea. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. Now, do I think that you could get some big time actors to totally nail some of these roles? Absolutely. Yeah. There are some out there that I know could kill it. But she also brought in Ronda Rousey and uh, <laughs> Megan Fox and thought this would be a great idea. I think Why another problem you think too. That was a good idea. Note is that if you do get someone like an A lister that has to basically learn on the spot of how to voice act that also puts a lot of pressure on the voice directors yes and you also have to acknowledge that some of these a-listers may not always take the best criticism from no. these voice directors yeah, I, because I, I, they've been in the game for so long but not in the actual game yeah and i'll, I'll apply that to megan fox because i listened to her lines and I'm like did no one give her direction yeah like were they, were they scared of megan fox that they just, <laughs> her delivery was like so bland and like it's like we can't it does, we can't help who we are like I like really? like she she was supposed to play uh, a race of vampires you couldn't even give them a sense like an enunciation an accent and basically you basically make a, these vampire races are like a valley girl like a flat valley girl it's like what i don't know but <laughs> and i i appreciate what the i i liked the idea to a certain level because that would bring more attention to the game but if the execution is poor, it don't matter. <laughs> nope. 
because now no, now everyone's going to think of Natara with Megan Fox, and that was definitely not <laughs> her role. No. <laughs> definitely not. All right, and now we head to our main event because the other thing that has been going around ever since the launch of uh, Mortal Kombat 1 is just how terrible the Switch version is. Mm. Ah! Yeah. Yeah, it's and, not pretty. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. It's really not. So we're going to talk about not just this, but the future of, of Nintendo ports in another session of the NEP Secret Society. Alright, I call this session of society to Ulda. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because Ed Boon, in that same Rolling Stone interview, did acknowledge that they were going to fix fix quote unquote <laughs> the nintendo switch version of mortal kombat 1 and they would not abandon it all future combat packs outside the one we already know about will be coming to the switch alongside all updates so i appreciate that and you're always here like oh yeah of course the switch version looks worse because it doesn't have like those next gen graphics but we've seen plenty of games look pretty dang good on Switch when they actually put the effort into it. And then you look at what they did with Mortal Kombat 1 on Switch, and it's like there's no effort at all. No. Nope. Yeah. Look at Melina's mouth or uh, Johnny Cage's eyes or Sindel's hair. And you're just like, what were they thinking? Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, what were they thinking? Like were they that bored? Like like oh we could we could try and do make this better, but let's just like you know copy paste work and see if it holds, you know. Yeah, I really Man. wonder how development went on the switch, and I wonder if they did any outsourcing for the teams, or if they did just try to somehow build the switch version around the same time as the other versions. I have no idea, and. Like, again, when I first heard, like, the Switch version is pretty bad, you know, like, okay, okay, fine, yeah, it probably isn't. Because we all knew when we saw, like, the first trailer, and they are like, there's no way this will work on Switch. I'm, <laughs> I'm a fanboy, and I, and I was fine with admitting that, but I knew that between games like Bayonetta and Xenoblade and uh, uh, Persona and, and even Nier Automata, you know, like, these are high-quality games that had a really nice port. So why couldn't NetherRealm do the same? And now they say, like, oh, we're going to fix it. Well... <laughs> You could have like fixed it before you launched it. You really didn't think we were gonna notice. Yeah, and... I wonder if they just did this just so they could keep it with the same release schedule. I honestly think they probably should have not released it at the same time if they couldn't have it as well optimized. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it just seems like the the, the board's upset. Like, no, just release it right as soon as you can with with the other consoles. Like, if they want to the switch version, it's their fault, not not ours. It's like. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's pretty much just a simple cash grab on their part. Like, yeah, just release it as it is. Yeah, and remember, there have been plenty of games that have had, like, the Switch version delayed because they wanted, they needed more time to make it work with, like, the quote-unquote downgraded graphics. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Did that ever come out on Switch? No, I'm not. I recall, <laughs> no. Okay. Well, either way, even if it didn't, fine, whatever. But... Games have on the Switch have been delayed because they need to get the port right. That's fine. But oh yeah, they delayed it till November. Okay, I didn't think it came out, but I wasn't sure. Um, and so yeah, hey, if you need the extra eight months, fine, whatever. It's better than releasing what we got here. And as I can hear a voice from the Shatterverse shouting, 
this is not the first time that Nether the Realm has pulled this kind of thing on the Switch. Because, <laughs> because Mortal Kombat 11 did not look much better, as our very own Tellius Tyler once told us. So that's two games that they have basically just slid onto the Switch and said, enjoy. <laughs> Hoping we wouldn't care. We care. We're, fan we're Nintendo fanboys. We know what quality looks like, and that ain't it. <laughs> it's just so it's kind of interesting that we come a long way because like remember back when Mortal Kombat I think two or three was on the original SNES and that thing looked good <laughs> and now here it's like you couldn't do that same kind of quality work here. It's like yeah, like the the fact that we we have gotten such as 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 you said earlier, Todd. Um, I got such great third party uh, games like like with Persona near who actually have have put in some amount of care into like yes moving out and actually doing optimization like okay we, do we have to cut some corners and all that again we had Doom on this thing which is like yeah magic itself so what so many people had to actually give, give the switch and or the team itself respect to to optimize it properly. And NetherRealm students can't even do the basic simple as that. Like, not even the bare basics. I mean, this thing is PS2 graphic, graphics to the point. And the fact that I get, I mentioned, I put it in their Discord that this game is, this version of the game is going for $70. Okay. <laughs> not worth no, that. we're not paying $70 <laughs> for this kind of crap. Yeah. And that's actually the reason I wanted to call this Meaningless Society to Order. Because I want to ask the honest question here, and we're all thinking about this in terms of a certain Xbox thing that we're going to be dealing with for the next 10 years. Would you rather deal with a terrible port or just know that the game's not coming to the Switch at all? What is the lesser of two evils? It's best not even, in my opinion, don't even bother with it. Like, like because we recently just had another like another news regarding to like the Evil Dead game that was supposed to have a Switch release, but they they canceled that. I think that I think we probably saved we say uh, that was a bullet avoided if anything else. Like if if you want to like like release a game like alongside with the bigger bigger hard, hard uh, platforms like PS Five Xbox Series, which is clearly outperforming that. Like. Okay, fine, release it on those systems, fine. But you want to release a multi-console with the Switch when the Switch is clearly lacking in the spec power? It's like, yeah, you're just kind of shooting yourself in the foot. Unless you really want to give proper care into the optimization and like make it run good, look decent. I'm not saying it have to look as great as the PS5, but it just look decent enough to like, okay, it's passable. Like, and ju even just follow the price. But... If you do something like what NetherRealm says with Mortal Kombat 1 Reboot with this thing, it's like, yeah, don't even bother. It's just an absolute insult. And yeah, you're just doing no service at all to the fans. By all means, like, don't even consider bringing to Switch if you know it's like, no, we can't even optimize it unless you give the absolute care. Yeah, or if you like even downgrade it a little bit just to make it more stylized rather than to make it look hideous <laughs> yeah like heck i would be surprised if they like if they decide to i don't know make a cell shaded uh mortal combat heck we haven't done that in a long time so like and i know like with the, like the dragon quest games they decide to go for the whole uh, th uh two bit uh yeah sprite graphics to to accommodate the switch version in their newest dragon quest game if i recall correctly yeah that that's the thing that i'm thinking about too is that dragon quest 11 came out too on the switch 
well, after the PS4, and then they had, anyways, basically they made it so that it, the 3D version was a little bit downgraded in terms of its visuals, but they also included a new mode that allows you to play the entire game in 2D. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, at least, it, like, yeah, Square Enix actually had some modicum of care <laughs> of, yeah, we, we can accommodate, we'll, we'll promote it, like, this way, and, and, and yeah, people loved it. So, yeah, as I go back to my, my initial statement, it's just, yeah, if you're not going to give a care to of a port to the Switch and, like, yeah, optimize it another point, by all means, forget even porting it in all in the first place, unless you really, really want that money, which apparently here in the Rogue Suits and WB Games want it anyway. So, by all means, don't even port it if you just not even don't care. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there, because... There's a difference between trying to do something for the fans and actually trying to do right by the fans. All right, I'll give you a great example. While I may not be the most happy about Thousand Year Door being on Switch because I want Paper Mario Disc to go back to that in general instead of just relying on this one entry that we all know is magnificent already, I'm still going to enjoy it because I know that Nintendo is not going to screw that up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If they oh, yeah. screwed it up. Everyone would kill them. <laughs> we 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 would scream to all the cows going home and like, yeah, Nintendo, you done messed up. Yeah, yeah you done, you done effed up, son. But um, in contrast, if they were to make a sequel, like if that game sells like just, let's just say five million, okay, five million on Switch, and they say, okay, we're gonna make a new Paper Mario game based off these sales, and they do something like you know Sticker Star, Origami King, Color Splash, instead of Thousand Year Door sequel or something really dang close to it. That's trying to do something, quote, for the fans instead of doing something right by the fans. And and then if that game doesn't sell five million, they're gonna say, Oh, well the the Paper Mario franchise is done. No, it's not done. You just didn't make the right game in the franchise. There's a difference. So I I thought, quote, thought about getting um Mortal Kombat 1 on the Switch, just because I really am intrigued by the storyline with Liu Kang and rewriting the destinies of everyone, trying to make a, quote, more peaceful world and all that. And I like that. And I, and I already know how the story ends. It's actually really, really cool. But the moment I saw how bad the Switch graphics looked, I'm like, no. <laughs> no, no, no. And you can't tell me that that's the best they could have done. We've seen absolutely how good games can look on the switch between tears of the kingdom bayonetta 3 uh xenoblade chronicles 2 and 3 uh persona 5 and rayman raving rabbits and uh sparks of hope all these different styles that have uh near automata again multiple platinum studios games and we know that those guys tried to do the max with every game no matter the system like they didn't they wanted to put Nier Automata on the Switch, but and they had they knew they had to give it the best look possible. And they did. It looks good on Switch. It was worth the wait. <laughs> it was worth the wait. Just like Persona 5 was worth the wait. Um, I have 110 hours of that game to prove it. <laughs> um, but NetherRealm, for whatever reason, just didn't. They did the most low-budget version ever. And I... I don't know if they'll actually lose money on the Switch version, but I would be shocked if they made a lot of profit off of it, even with their $70 price tag. Because that is not a game that you can honestly say, this is the best representation of our company. 
<laughs> no, not even a little. You could say that about the PS5 version, the Xbox X and S version, the PC version. Like, because those are top tier quality graphics. As long as you have, like, a good PC, of course. But you can't say that about the Switch. I would dare them to look at the Switch version and, say, and look at me and say, if I say, hey, is that the best version that your company could have provided? Or is that the best representation of what this game is to your company? They would not be able to say yes. Because they know better. I would hope they would know better. And if the next game in the series, which whatever, we don't know when that'll come out, obviously, that will definitely be on the next Nintendo platform. Should they bring it to Nintendo system, whatever it is, I would really hope they do better. Because yes. Nintendo fans are loyal fans. And Mortal Kombat has been on Nintendo platforms many, many times in the past. Great success. And now they're saying, you know, we just don't want to make a great port for you. Why not? We have the best-selling console right now. We biggest could, install base. <laughs> biggest, we, yes, we have literally 130 million install base. Now, granted, not all of them are going to be Mortal Kombat fans. And they might no. get it on other systems, and that's totally their right. But that's 130 million people that you can appeal to. How many of those 130 million are actually going to be willing to spend 70 bucks to get that game compared to how it looks on other systems? I guarantee you it ain't, it ain't 1% of 130 million. It's probably no. not 0.1%, 0.001%, 0.001%. <laughs> all right? I want someone to track how many of the Switch version actually sells because I would want to hold that to NetherRealm and say, this is proof you did, you done effed up, son. <laughs> so, all, and, and to tie this into the other thing I was teasing, when Microsoft bought Blizzard, Activision Blizzard and they said that they weren't going to monopolize Call of Duty, they meant it because they did a 10-year deal with Nintendo promising to bring every future Call of Duty game to the Nintendo Switch. And Sony reacted by saying there's no way that it's going to be quality on Switch and beyond. That's a rational fear. Because we've seen bad ports on Nintendo platforms before by the Call of Duty people, including ones on the Wii, where it didn't even look like PS2 graphics, let alone Wii Yeah. So... Now imagine them saying, because remember, all they said though was that they were going to make you know Call of Duty games on the Switch and other platforms. They never said that would be good. They just said they weren't going to monopolize it, and that's <laughs> that's it. So, but we're going to put it everywhere. Doesn't mean it's going to be good everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> and that needs to be that that has to be the distinction we call out here because we don't want them to just come out. We want them to come out and be good and be enjoyed by all. Because that's what everyone says, right? About, hey, this is why exclusivity shouldn't happen so that everyone can get the games. My counter is, yes, everyone can get the games, but will the developers put every ounce of effort into every version to make sure it's good? Will they optimize it for everyone so that everyone can have the same good time or at least as close as a good time? I'll be, I'll be honest here. The Switch obviously isn't anywhere close to the PS5 or Xbox Series X graphics. That's just fact. All right, but you can't tell me that you can't at least try to squeeze every ounce of power, especially now six years, sorry, seven years, no, six, <laughs> years six and a half, six and a half years in the Switch's life that you can't figure out with help of other people, other companies, other, you know, proven titles that look really good on Switch that you can't make it look better than what Mortal Kombat 1 was. You just can't. <laughs> so, and I know that going into the final year, there are going to be more bad ports like this. That's just, it's the sad but true fact. And that's why I think some people are excited by the idea of the 
next generation Switch possibly having PS5 level graphics or even high-end PS4 Pro graphics because that'll give much crisper looking games. But that doesn't excuse what's happening right now. No. Do better now, Realm. We know you can do better. <laughs> and if not, well, finish him. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not going to get our money. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, what is he doing? Oh, he's going for the Joy Cons. Oh, where is, he, where is he putting those Joy Cons? Oh, they're not supposed to go there. Oh, my eyes. Fatality. <laughs> 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 Flawless switch victory. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and with that killing blow, we are ending this episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. Do you agree that NetherRealm should have done right by Switch owners with Mortal Kombat 1? The answer is yes, but we want to hear you say it anyway. Uh, also, what did you think about the uh, statements by Phil Spencer and Xbox in the 2020 leaked emails? Are you super glad that Nintendo is not under their ownership? The answer is still yes, but we still want to hear you say it. Um, uh, what did you think about the revelations about the Super Mario Brothers movie? Are you seriously tired of these Switch rumors by now? The answer, again, is yes. And have you seen Pokemon to be a Pokemon master? And what did you think about it? Let us know in the comments below. So, for us, Focus Sky and Warrior Will, I am Triforce Time. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. We are not out of lives. We made it to the end of the level. So, raise the flag. <laughs>